0: This week in HPC.
1: HP's new strategy for high-performance computing. Big data slides in, the memristor slides
0: out. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everybody, and thanks for listening in to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with our friends at top500.org. I'm Addison. That's Michael. Michael, how are you doing this week? Very good, Addison. How about you? Doing fine, thanks. Um, but you know, we haven't talked about HP that much over the last couple of months. We caught them a few weeks ago when they refreshed Apollo a little bit. and uh, But if you go back to super Supercomputing. I had them as one of my winners from the show. I really liked Apollo. I liked right. what they were talking about with the machine. They're uh, one of the near leaders in high-performance computing with uh, with uh, servers. They're almost in a deadlock tie with uh, Dell in terms of the market
1: share lead. And uh, how about we talk about uh, HP a lot this podcast? Yeah, let's do that. Actually, they, they've been a little bit in the news. I mean, that, this is actually news from... Uh, from a week ago, we didn't get a chance to talk to them about them last week since the Altera and uh, Intel deal sort of ate the news cycle there, but you know, they did have their HP uh, Discover event uh, last week, and there was some news uh, they were talking about around that event. Right, particularly with regards to the emphasis
0: that they're putting on uh, high-performance computing and big data as a business unit moving forward. Now, HP is separating into two separate companies. We've got all that going on with (laughs) HP Enterprises and Hewlett-Packard, which is going to take on the the printers, the the low-end stuff. So going forward, we're primarily focused on HP Enterprise, which is going to own the the high-performance computing, the big data kinds of areas. And, in fact, those are merging together into one business unit under my old friend, Bill Manel.
1: Right. Uh, this is a, a reorg before they actually do the splits. <laughs> a little bit complicated there. But right, like you said, uh, Bill Manel going to head up this, this new unit, basically combining HPC and big data. And that's going to be the strategy of their focus going forward. And then the, fo- the focus here is more uh, pushing into the enterprise side of things. Um, obviously, their HPC is, is going into the technical side as well. That's always been part of their business. But uh, the, the combination here of big data and HPC is, is uh, emphasized more on the, the industry use and, and enterprise.
0: Well, as we've looked at the commercial usage of high-performance computing, Intersect 360, over the, our history, has always looked at these high-performance business computing kinds of applications, and as well as the commercial side of high-performance technical computing. And it's been in these commercial markets that's been driving uh, the bulk of the growth over the last couple of years, also in our forecast going forward. So it's uh, really good that HP can be uh, focusing on these markets. It's a part of the market. Market they've been relatively
1: stronger in and uh, and can capitalize on some of their strengths there. Right. Um, I, I think, yeah, we, we've seen that for a while. The, the interesting, or one of the interesting things about combining these, I think, sort of the rationale behind this, they're, they're seeing a lot of the same requirements on, on sort of both sides of this. In some cases, they overlap uh, as far as HPC and big data, but they see the. The performance uh, requirements and and some of the other, you know, performance centric requirements on on both the big data and the HPC users, and then they're using some of the same componentry too. Even I mean, you're you're looking at a lot of heterogeneity now in, in both areas, or at least people looking at heterogeneity: GPUs, FPGAs, uh, certainly Open Power, the new the new consortium there, and then people are even playing with ARM. And this is this is going on in in both uh, both segments.
0: Yeah, I don't know how much HP is going to be looking at open power. That's been predominantly driven by IBM so far. But right. you know, if you look at IBM as a close cohort to HP and what IBM has done in terms of uh, moving its high performance strategy more aligned with big data and analytics, this is something that that HP is seeking to uh, capitalize on now. And I think it's a good strategy. We've been talking for years about the overlap between HPC and big data, and it's been borne out in our research as well as in the marketplace. Uh, and HP really needs to be on top of this, and it's an area where they can capitalize on some of their strengths, including in the storage side. Uh, we just put out to our clients this week our newest site census report on storage, tracking some of the trends there. And HP showing up as, as a, a, a well-cited vendor in terms of uh, storage systems, uh, in terms of survey responses, we had DDN and IBM up at the top, DDN nipping out IBM by one survey response to get into the number one position, but then tucked in behind them and third was, was HP, and uh, and HP um, uh, showing off well in, in this uh, storage survey, I think even better than they show up in our compute surveys a lot of the time. So um, if they can leverage this strength that they've got in the storage side into a a larger uh, big data play, uh, then that should uh, that should really be a strength for them.
1: Yeah, it should be. They have that that advantage that you just you just uh, illustrated there, and I think you know they are following sort of in. Uh the model that IBM has laid out you know have a strong storage story but integrate that story into a uh, a very data centric compute story as well and i think that's that's the strategy HP's doing and and it makes sense since you know the, their competition in a lot of cases is going to be IBM so they've got to they've got to meet some of the same uh, users and requirements
0: and you know IBM still smarting a little bit from the reorganization around moving the x86 business over to Lenovo. Uh, I think there's still a little bit of confusion around that in the in the sales field for IBM and in the marketplace. So for HP to be able to go in and strike while the opportunity is hot, and you know Dell is focused a lot more I think on the uh, traditional research areas, um, and uh, you know might stay out of each other's way there. The other thing that makes it an opportunity 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 is that the, I think the the traditional enterprise storage vendors here, the NetApps and EMCs and HDS, really haven't been on this high-performance enterprise kind of play. So uh, it it definitely leaves a big market opportunity for HP
1: to, to get in there and pick up a couple points of share. Yeah, exactly. I mean, HP has always been obviously a big player in the performance end of the market, and and you know, opportunistically, they've they've just started this whole new uh, portfolio of of performance centric. Servers in the Apollo lineup—they've got the the 2000, uh, the 6000, 8000, most recently the 4000 series, which is aimed squarely at the big data market. So they've sort of uh, got the portfolio in place even before they sort of did this reorg. So now things are sort of fitting into place between uh, their offerings and and their strategy. Well, this is what we said we wanted to see from HP uh, again. Going back to supercomputing, we right, we said
0: on this podcast that HP had put together a a lot of the individual technologies, we wanted to see that get followed up with an organizational commitment to this space. Now we've got that. Uh, Bill is a great hire for uh, for HP. I've known him for many years, uh, going back to when we were both at SGI. HP, moving him in from the SGI side, I think showing a real uh, commitment to uh, high-performance computing, hiring such an industry veteran there uh, to run the business unit. Now, another thing that we talked about with HP was kind of the vision that they had Around uh, around the machine, which they also kind of previewed uh, at supercomputing.
1: Now, now we've got some changes, I guess, to the machine and what that vision looks like. Yeah, at the Discover conference, they talked about sort of where they they are, and uh, you know, it, it looks like they've had to back off on some of their their earlier statements. I mean, the, the Memorists are this uh, this. Uh, Transistors that uh, HP has come up with and been in research for, for years and years, they thought that would be sort of the, the, the linchpin of a lot of the technology behind this, the, the machine. But it looks like that, uh, that technology is going a lot slower than they thought. And so, at least uh, the prototypes, the initial phases, won't have memristors in them. Um, and in fact, the prototype is just going to use DRAM. Not doesn't even seem like non-volatile RAM. They're just going to use good old uh, vanilla memory. Um, so that sort of takes uh, a little bit of the bite and excitement out of the machine for the time being. Um, but, uh, you know, from their point of view, they're still going forward with this, and they have, they have big hopes for the, the overall architecture.
0: I don't know. I'm disappointed here. I, the Memristors were the part I was excited about. Yeah. It. You remember we were talking about the machine, and I said I wasn't sure about the overall concept. I didn't love how it was a cloud-immersed kind of message. But the individual technologies like Memristors, uh, I was all in favor of. Now, uh, you know, they kind of respun it around memory-centric architecture the ability to do a, a hold a lot of data in-memory uh, to do these analytics-heavy kinds of tasks. In-memory computing, to me, isn't that visionary. It's something we already
1: have today from a couple of vendors. Right. This is just sort of a uh, scaled-up or scaled-out version of, of that in-memory technology. I mean, they're, they're talking about putting even in the prototype, putting 320 gigabytes into a, a system of, of, of shared memory. But, right, it's it's not it's not revolutionary. It's more evolutionary. And if they're just going to introduce this thing, the prototype at least, with uh, regular DRAM, uh, it's not going to be quite as exciting to the masses as having uh, something with memory structures in them, which I think, like you said, really did capture the imagination of people. And they also backed off of... of building their own operating system, they're going to go back to just putting a, uh, a Linux system in this, uh, adapting it for for their architecture, obviously, but it's just going to be plain Linux. So, it's, it's definitely scaled back quite a bit, and uh, it's going to be a little harder to attract uh, developers and other people around this. Now, they are putting out a prototype, or they're planning to do that later this year to get developers interested in this thing, and it does have some some interesting components to it. They're going to have a, a fabric chip on this to access, you know, large chunks of memory off-node and on-node and off-node, um, so it does have a special architecture that you have to deal with there, but a lot of the differentiation uh, seems like it's, it's gone away for the time being.
0: Yeah, in an interview with uh, the New York Times, Chief Technology Officer for HP, Martin Fink, was talking about some of the vision for this uh, in-memory kind of computing, talking about in the long run even building them in on the device side. Uh, there was a comment in the article, a quote from uh, from Martin that said, uh, inside HP Labs, some people are working in, on the machine with an eye to putting the technology in a printer so that way even a simple business printer could contain and analyze all the core. Corporations' documents. Now, that, I think, is a very dubious vision. I, I didn't care for that that much. I think that's the exact opposite of the trend that we're seeing, where uh, you know the whole idea is to centralize that kind of computing. You don't want to do that much computing and storage on the edge device itself. It
1: doesn't make sense to replicate that on every printer you have, to me. Yeah. I mean, th- I think that's an interesting application. I think they're looking at, at- you know, embedding this, this technology maybe in, in a very future-looking uh, devices. The example of the printer is probably not a great one there because, yeah, you maybe are dealing with more uh, centralized database that has to be synced and kept secure and all that, and uh, pu- putting that stuff on each device is not really a good application, but... You know, imagine something uh, more local, like if you're doing uh, you know, language translation on a handheld or, or image recognition where, where everything uh, is local and you might not even have access to the network to go out and, and access uh, a cluster of servers somewhere. To, to put that level of, of performance and smarts on a on a device would be very useful and and uh, would have a lot of capabilities uh, in a lot of different situations.
0: There are some select applications where you can't rely on the cloud. The self-driving car, for example, you can't have reliant on an Internet connection yeah. in order to keep driving accurately. That's You've right. got to push that intelligence down to the level of the device, in this case is a car, I think you will find some technologies like that, but but largely for the industry, it's going to be more efficient to centralize the data and not replicate it everywhere, centralize your analytics and send results. So you do data gathering and results out at the edge. Now, if you're talking about just doing analytics at the edge on just the device itself, then, then that doesn't have to go into the cloud or into a centralized database. Then I can buy that. And you're saying you want to put more memory on your device in order to handle it. It. Now I could get behind that, but replicating all my corporate documents onto every printer—I I thought it was beyond what we needed to talk about there. Right. That said, overall, big data and high-performance computing at, at HP—I like the strategy, I like the business unit, I like their position in the market. I think they got a, and I like Bill Manel, and I think they got a lot of
1: opportunity here. Yeah, lots of stuff going on, and uh, for for the present and future. So, obviously, we're to keep an eye on this. They're big, big players in our space. So.
0: All right. Well, thanks a lot, Michael. And, uh, and a good wrap-up of, uh, of a big market leader here. And uh, Thanks to you for listening. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC.